0: <laughs> Hello everyone and welcome to One Control Podcast. Episode 218, I'm Benjamin Yoder, here today... To, to inform you of a development in my life, I'm free. I'm free from the PCFX bubble that I've been living in the last two months. I have finished the videos, or at least as many videos as I'm doing at this very second. Um, so, on August 14th at 1 p.m., I'll be posting up um, four videos. One being kind of an intro video to the PCFX software library and kind of my approach to um, playing games on the PCFX as somebody who doesn't really know any Japanese. Um, so, so it's kind of like an English English guide but it's also like if you just want to get a general idea of what the, the PCFX's software library is like and the types of games on there I think it's like a good primer for that um, and then the other videos after that are um, just like shorter informational videos about how to approach individual games so I got Battle Heat, um, First Kiss Story and then Makaruna Makando Z that last one being uh, a, a script that was drafted by Filler uh, Play- of Playongo who, who did that PCFX podcast with me a while ago um, so the, those are done and they're going out at, at, at all at the same time basically and then i have two additional videos after that um, the the intro video I'm doing is considered featured content. So if you're if you're interested in my channel in general and the stuff I cover, I think that video is something that you should watch. I think that kind of fits within what I what I typically do kind of thing. Um, the the little guide videos those are more geared towards people who um, are looking to actually play, play PCFX games. So they maybe might not be as interesting as as some of the other videos I put out. In terms of just if you just want to like learn about something. Um, I do talk about the games a little bit there. But they're not really intended to be like think pieces or or reviews of those games. It's very focused on here's what this game is. Here's the challenges you might face. And here are the resources you can use to kind of overcome those challenges. Um, some of those games like Tokimeki Card Paradise. The strip card game. Very easy to approach. It's like card game all most of the menus are in english so like there's not a lot to it but then like first kiss story obviously is going to be a bit more challenging so the intention was to have more diverse content at the upfront in terms of you know having sparkly feather feather of uh, one of the harder r- uh, rpgs as well as ojo sara that maze game we streamed a while back ago um uh, but the the workload just got a little too much for me to finish those two last two off especially th- since with those last two i really need to sit down and replay them um for for ojo sama i need local footage of the game in terms of like i i streamed it before so i didn't capture any gameplay and i also want to learn a bit more about um how you interact with the detectives who are chasing you down. That's something I feel like I neglected in the stream and more or less just kind of ignored because like I can't ignore this, so I will ignore this kind of thing. I-, I would like to actually learn how to play with that mechanic of the game and understand what I'm supposed to be doing there with that. Um, the other thing with Sparkling Feather, that you know that game is one that I got the bad ending for, so I'd like to really try to figure out how to best approach trying to get the good ending in that game. Um, also, increasing the relationships I have with the more than just one character. The only character I was able to get a finished relationship with in that game was uh, Sapphire. Um, so I, I would like to play more of that game and feel like I I, I really um, have a better understanding of how that game works, the structure of it, and what kind of the ultimate goal is outside of just kind of sitting through the video game itself. Because the characters in that game kind of more or less just act on their own. So so I, you know I was able to just kind of get through it because i just kind of put the, the the time into it but i'd like to really learn how to how to get more out of sparkling feathers specifically so obviously that's going to take time that's going to take work um i'm going to be straightforward with you right now i'm going to take a little bit of a pcfx break after that two month uh all of stuff we'll probably focus on some other things i'd imagine nintendo stuff is going to be kind of the short-term thing, in terms of what I'll actually do next and what I'll play next, that's kind of up in the air at this moment. I just finished that PCFX stuff last night, so I haven't really spent a lot of time thinking about it. Um, Indiana Jones and the Infernal Machine on 64, still got to finish that up. I'm like two-thirds of the way through that game. Um, and then a Happy Dance Collection is something I still want to spend more time with. I technically beat that game, but there's like a whole other set of content afterwards. And um, you know that game is a challenging one because it really wants you to be consistent with your motions. And my my current my, my my more recent attempts at that game have been a little challenging because I've been taking big breaks between playing it. When I need to make it like a consistent thing every night, I'm doing so I can kind of get back in the, the groove of doing the motions properly in that game and and learn it so I can progress a bit easier in, in, in that title so uh, those are definitely uh, at least on the short list on my mind at the moment um, Buddy Mission Bond another big one there we'll be talking about Buddy Mission Bond here in a little bit so um, in terms of what I played this weekend, though, other than you know, just tr- just trying to keep the workload low at the moment, while I was trying to get through that PCFX stuff. So, per usual, just played some more Apex. There's a new character they added. He's kind of like a a, a seeker type character where he can like track other characters. Um, I played him quite a bit, and I and I enjoyed him a lot um, because he kind of has unlike there's a character in that game called Bloodhound, which has the ability to, like sonar people um, and also track people, but he doesn't really have any offensive capabilities in that regard. Although he does have, like, a, I think he needs, like, a powered-up state or something like that. Um, where this guy, his, like, his like seeking thing is is not, like, a cone in front of him, but, like, a, a circular beam you can shoot in front of you. So you kind of already got to know where somebody is. And then you can, like, mark them and stun them. So there's, like, an offensive element to it and also, you know, causes people to kind of have to, like, spread out and things like that. So and also shoots through walls. So it's kind of interesting. not going to go too much in detail about that. I know you guys probably don't care that much about Apex. And there's probably plenty I'd imagine there's probably an Apex-specific podcast out there. I don't know. That seems like something that would exist. I don't know. Or maybe just streamers. Maybe just streamers have replaced that, right? Someone playing Apex on stream is going to be just talking about Apex as that game gets its weekly updates or something like that. Um, the other thing I did is because, um, as you probably know from my weird podcast last week where I just vomited a bunch of words out of my mouth for 20 minutes or however, <laughs> um, I was out of town last week. and, and One of the tra- troubles I have in traveling now is Is, um, especially now that I have ways to capture portable video games is I have a hard time sitting down and playing games, especially ones that I'm interested in, um, knowing that I'm not going to capture any footage because if I want to do a video about that game immediately it becomes a problem that I don't have any gameplay of that title so it's it's, it's kind of I got to think a lot about what I'm going to play when I'm traveling so one thing I did want to go ahead and play was Super Metroid that's a game that has been meaning to play for you know, probably over a decade now at this point whatever whenever, whenever the virtual console on the Wii existed that was probably the first time in my mind that it probably crossed my mind that I was like I should probably play Super Metroid now that it's on here kind of thing right um, I got it on the Super Nintendo Classic but instead i ended up playing it on the switch um service which if you don't know you can like even though i was like on a plane and offline um you can still use your your switch online functionality for that for the like subscription games as long as it's been only like seven days i think since you've last connected to it so i sat down and played through super metroid i i'm I'm going to say a couple things about Super Metroid here. This is not going to be a Super Mario Bros. 3 situation where I'm just straight up like disappointed across the board of the Super Metroid. Um, I think I think this is going to be more... I don't know about interesting conversation, but it's, it's a more dynamic than this just being like hey, Super Metroid is everything I expected it to be. Because it was not really, actually. So, you know, Super Metroid being kind of one of those big all-time classics of the 16-bit era that I think a lot of people consider a golden era of at least 2D game design, right? Um, and it's always been, in my mind at least, held on the kind of this pedestal as like this amazing, you know, video game that is, you know, near perfection kind of thing. Maybe maybe I misinterpret that over the years. But that was my understanding of, of kind of how people view that game. Put it in the same category as A Link to the Past, Super Mario World things like that right um i don't know if i would consider super metroid in that category personally I, I think it's a game that has a lot of weird issues with it specifically in terms of accessibility that is a game that controls really weird it actually kind of makes how samus controls in smash brothers make a lot more sense it's a very floaty game um and, and in some ways i'd say a very slippery game too the the, the, the world design is like a lot of times there's just like a bunch of little platforms in the environment and like landing on them is, is like weirdly difficult. Like, it, like because how Samus moves, the trajectory of her jump is very strange. It's like very upward and very floaty. Um, but there's also not, like, not a lot of left and right control you have at times. You, d- you can definitely control your jump. That's for sure. But but I don't feel like you have as much control as like say a Castlevania or something like that where you can just kind of like double jump and like easily you know pull yourself back if you need to. I feel like there's a bit more of a delay on that. Um, and and so what ends up happening is for most of that game, you know, a game that was it, it, kind of was was kind of the, the progenitor of what we would call Metroidvania today. Not progenitor, but you know. One of the one of the first really successful implementations of it, because if you look at original Metroid, it also was doing this to to, to to some degree, right? In Metroid Two, um, it, it, it's a game that um, I would say exploration is not very fun most of the time. It's it, it's it's inconvenient. It's awkward. It's hard to get through rooms at times, and um, I think as you get more movement options, like the ability to do like a higher jump and things like that, it definitely kind of I don't know if it really fixes it as much as it kind of lets you skip over elements of it. Like, there's there's a lot of different, like, bonus jumps you get throughout the game. It's not just a double jump. It's, like, a higher jump. There's a spin jump. And then the spin jump upgrades into one where you can, like, keep jumping. Um, and there's also, like, wall jump mechanics and things like that. So there's a lot going on there in terms of jumps. Um, but I feel like none of them really ever address the issue of, like, how how hard it is to kind of platform throughout the environment so a lot of times it just kind of makes it feel like you're just kind of skipping over the platforms more than anything uh, but even those elements it's not like oh it's a free card to, to just like you know jump through the entire environment with the speed spin jump because as far as I can tell you can jump infinitely with the spin jump uh, there's like very specific timings on them and they're very uh, narrow timings so there's a lot of times where you have to really either focus on the timing of those jumps that you do and it's a very challenging thing to do or, or just spam it and hope for the best. And that usually doesn't result in great results, but it can help you get over like a little bit of a, a little hump that you're trying to just get over. You're just like, I, I don't want to sit here and time this. I just want to slowly vibrate my way over this, <laughs> this thing. Um, so, so it definitely feels like a game that is not very approachable in that regard. Um, but I like that it feels weird because it doesn't play like a lot of other platformers. It, it, it reminds me a lot of Kirby in a lot of ways where if you play basic Kirby... Like like Kirby Dreamland One, my favorite Kirby. Um, on the the Game Boy. I don't like. I don't. Not Kirby's Adventure. What garbage trash is that? No, Kirby's Adventure is fine. But I, I like Kirby, Kirby, uh, Kirby's Dream Land 1 because it's a game that's very much focused on how Kirby controls because there's no power-ups, right? Uh, that was before Kirby uh, had the ability to suck in enemies and just kind of gain their powers. Um, and that game controls very weird as well. A lot more accessible because you can just basically press A and fly over everything, where that's not really the case here. But it has that same kind of like floaty, awkward feeling that doesn't really mesh up with a lot of other 2d platforms that you play so it just feels like this very distinct game in a lot of ways um and i like that that's like the part of metroid i, I kind of do like i think the challenge the part i think they got wrong or at least in my opinion they got wrong right and people love this game so what am i to say um is the world you're using those skills in does not feel built for that movement It feels like you're constantly just trying to make that movement work in that environment kind of thing. And I think I feel this way about the combat too, where like met like Metroid uh, Samus has like, you know, a lot of different like weapon types and things like that. But I feel like most of the combat in that game is very close range and, and you have the ability to like aim in all these directions, but when you're close range, like the, 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 the the adjustment of that feels kind of, um, I don't want to say pointless, But it feels like you're not really using the angles to. How do I want to put this? Um, You know, it feels like a lot of time when you're using all the different angles you have, it it, you feel like you're just kind of panicking and just kind of trying to shoot something that's moving around like crazy. Like there's so many angles, but really, how the enemy is moving doesn't really. fit those different ways you can aim and shoot and things like that it makes a lot of sense for enemies that are just like hanging out on the roof right that you can just like point up on the using the LRR trigger and just like shoot directly up that way but like when you're in active combat it feels like there's maybe too many options for directions and maybe you just want to focus on, on shooting in front of you yeah, but, like, because you're moving the D-pad around and, like, fighting, um, it kind of can end up in situations where you're not aiming properly because you're aiming upwards and things like that. Or if you, like, accidentally press the L and R trigger at the same time. So this is a problem I had on the Switch specifically where I felt, I don't know if this is a problem I had in other Switch games, but I feel like I just kind of ended up, gripping the L and R buttons in a way that I don't really do with, with most controllers. Um, I assume because of the weight of the Switch, uh, playing it portably and I was just like, I felt like I was maybe gripping it too hard and like, and I would end up in situations where I was holding on the L and the R button. So some of that's probably from the Switch, but I just feel like the aiming portion didn't fit well with the close quarters fast-paced combat of that game. Um, it makes me think a little bit about, like, how Metroid Other M ha- handles combat. As somebody who has not played Metroid Other M, I should say, but i just watched, like, that E3 2008 trailer, and that's, like, my complete exposure to Metroid Other M. <laughs> um, um, it, it, it reminds me of that uh, more than anything. Uh, or not that it reminds me of. That That seems like a game with, with a good solution for that, I should say, rather. Um, so, yeah, it's a weird game, and I'm glad... I'm glad it's a weird game. I, I, the worst thing that 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 could happen with the game like that is it's everything I expect, and it's very good, and there's nothing to say about it. Because then I'm just like, well, yes, they. Th- this is a Metroid game, and it feels like it is the the same template that was used for all these other Metroidvania games, and world design to some degree that's true. Uh, but just like the movement of the game is weird, the 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 the, the level layouts is weird. I don't think the level layouts really is a benefit of the game. I'd say I think they're probably the detractor in my opinion. Um, but but the movement being weird is definitely kind of the big one. I think that really kind of jumped out at me. Um, really cool atmosphere though. Like like just like in a, in a game that is basically hey go in a cave. There's a weird number of diversity and variety environments, <laughs> environments uh, and just entering that cave. Um, although there's like a bunch of like spaceships and stuff too. But like a lot of the cave feels particularly. You can usually tell where you're at. Like, every part of the cave kind of feels fairly unique. The music is, I would say, is not really... It's good music, but it's music that doesn't really stick with you anyway. Like, in my mind, I hear... That's like the only thing in Metroid's OST that I can remember. So one th- one fun thing, actually, when I was finishing Super Metroid, I was actually on the flight back and I was coming back to Las Vegas and I was trying to wrap it up before I landed. Um, but unfortunately, I didn't get it get quite there. I did finish it on, on Friday night, though, when I when I uh, got off work. I just kind of sat down and, and wrapped up the mother brain fight. Um, but uh, I, on the plane, it was as it was coming down, I was fighting uh, Ridley and right as i killed ridley if you don't if you never played that game ridley explodes into a ton of explosions as it like comes down and and slams into the ground it's it's a pretty slow animation but you know it's it, it's visually flashy at the very least but, but maybe maybe a little simple in a lot of ways but like but like he was exploding and falling down and slamming into the ground right as the plane was landing so i got like a little bit of force feedback from ridley exploding uh directly into me in that game so so yeah, um, I would like to play more Metroid games in the future. I think I don't know which ones yet. Other M is definitely the easiest one. I mean, I've, I've always kind of wanted to play Other M though, so that's not anything particularly new. Um, being just a Wii fan and the fact that everybody hates it, and it's like, all right, yeah, yeah, I'll play the one everybody hates. <laughs> like like it probably like as somebody who who's never had a ton of um, you know draw to Metroid, might as well play the one that's the weird one that might draw me in and and has elements of games that I, I particularly feel like is part of the reason why I don't like pay that much attention to metroid um things like the story elements characters things like that um which is not really something that metroid ever really bothers with as far as i can tell except for prime hunters on the ds the only game that features weevil the best hunter <laughs> um, um but uh i think at this point what i'm most curious about outside of other M, would play other m whether i played super metroid or not probably eventually um is just seeing if the world design improved and and how they change the world to fit the movement or vice versa how do they change the, the movement to fit the world because i think that's really the biggest probably how a super metroid it's just th- there's a disconnect there and i think if you if you play the game enough it's probably why speedrunners i think probably love this game you can learn to use the the skills and the timings that are required by the by those skills to kind of bypass a lot of the world design um just by like spinning through the environment or charge dashing or whatever um but I think, I think that there is probably something there that could be done to fix that. I had some people say Zero Mission was the one that really um, is, is kind of the best Metroid at this point, which is a remake of the first Metroid. Um, and then uh, I also had some people say Fusion was a good one to check out too. Um, I don't really know where I plan to go at this point uh there's not that many 2d metroid games probably at least in the context of of you know a typical nintendo franchise it's not like the, the the number of 2d marios out there right um so there's not a lot of space for me to really go um and i also don't think i'm in any hurry to figure that out too but it does it does make me a bit more curious and and i'm glad that i came out of of the other side being curious and thinking that game is weird in a way that I was not expecting. The worst thing that can happen with the game with me is Super Mario Bros. 3, where I'm like, yep, this is a very good Mario game. I can confirm that is all I can say about this video game is everything everybody said over the years, um, it fits. <laughs> like also, there's been 30 billion more of these, so like whenever I like play one of those other Mario games and I come back to this one, it's like, yeah. Basically the same thing. <laughs> Obviously, they're very different. Don't get me wrong. Nothing wrong if you like Super Mario Bros. 3. I just kind of was like, this is fine. So, yes. Um, in terms of more um, normal stuff for this podcast, um, I played a few games, although only two, one of them, I'd say, I really spent a lot of time with. Um, and that is Makaruna Makendo Z for the PCFX, which you may have heard earlier in this episode. That's the um, the uh, video that Filler helped out or, or, or wrote it for the um, PCFX English Guide video. So I sat down and played a, a few hours on my own of it, if, if not a bit more than that. And uh, if you don't know what that series is, it's basically a very, <laughs> I guess maybe in some ways like a parody Magical Girl kind of series. I don't know if that's 100% of a great fit of description, but it's basically a, a very humorous um anime style uh uh, rpg that's about these these girls who can use these like weird looking weapons to transform and they've got kind of you know very extreme personalities about it like the main girl doesn't seem to really even want to be a magical girl and 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 gets upset about people asking her to do things and then you have her like little sister who who through other media you find was like very excited to be Magical Girl. And she's like always pumped about everything kind of thing. Very, very fun story and dialogue in that game. Well, I say so as somebody who can't read Japanese, but just kind of absorbed it. Um, the game itself is pretty straightforward though. It's a very much just like a top-down RPG, very linear, very friendly in that regard. Cause you can kind of just walk around and you'll get to where you need to go very easily as far as I can tell. Um, and, and 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 I believe that's what Filler said about it in his, in his uh, script for the video. Um so it's it's a very very straightforward game in that regard, and and because of gameplay mechanics, you don't have any equipment, you don't like do any kind of customized leveling or anything like that. You literally just go through the story, and you you kind of gain abilities as different things happen in the story. There is like a leveling system, but as far as they can tell, it's only for like stats and stuff like that. Um, so so it's very much a game that is just kind of about you know facilitating this plot that's happening. Um, and in a very PCFX way where like occasional cut in anime cutscenes, um, there's a lot of voice acting with like, uh, like very expressive character sprites and as well as, um, some like cut-ins of, of, of static graphics and things like that. It's one of those things with like some of those static graphics things. I, I'm kind of two minds of it where it's like all the special moves in that game, you know, versus like a Final Fantasy that came out on the PlayStation where like all the special moves had like, you know, fancy camera angles and animations, what makarona does is that it basically gives you like hand or animated art or not, not animated like a static anime like panel of a character doing a special move kind of thing that covers the entire screen covers the ui everything it's just a full screen image of this character doing this skill and uh be, being on the pcfx part of me is like it would be nice if that was like more of a, an animated sequence. I, I like, I think of how, you know, battle heat looks in terms of, of its, um, you know, animated combat and things like that. And seeing something that was closer to something like that, where you're, you're, you're playing out these kind of very quick, snappy, um, flashy attacks during combat. I think, I, I think I would have preferred something like that, but, um, but it is still a very like fun and charming game, I think overall. And, and I'm enjoying it. I think it's, probably a fairly short RPG, maybe, maybe uh, I'd say under 20 hours. Um, so I may sit down and, and finish that one. Um, I got a a chunk into it, so I think I could probably get through it without too much trouble. Um, and, and I would like to go ahead and finish it. I, I I enjoyed it and I feel like I got enough momentum behind it. Just a matter of setting the time aside right now. I, I kind of have to just put a, a brakes on it for now because I need to finish working on that, that video with filler. And then, um, move on to other stuff just to kind of get things moving uh which you know is always kind of the death nail of any video game for me but i would like to sit down and and kind of finish it up if i can um, the interesting about Makaruna Makendo Z is that it's actually part of a series of games and other things. There's like drama CDs and things like that. Um, the big thing that I think is probably most relevant to most people is uh, there is a um, OVA that's actually really good. It's uh, on, just on YouTube called Makaruna Makendo OVA. There's an English sub version on there. Subs are amazing, but they get the point across, get a lot of the humor across. It's a very fun show. If you got like 20 to 30 30 minutes to spare and just like that goofy nineties anime humor and kind of like a magical girl show. I, I would definitely recommend watching it. It's it's only one OVA episode. And especially if you're gonna play this PCFX game, I think it's like a great primer for who these characters are, what their backstories are, what their motivations are. Because when you jump into Makandozi on the PCFX, it seems like it's very much under the impression you know who a lot of these characters are. There are some greetings that seem to happen here and there, um, but that in particular um, seems to be like a a um great like background for that, that 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 game um and then there's also um two other games that exist in this series so this is an rpg but the the game before it was uh makinando z or, or two uh Makareno makando 2 um and that's a fighting game on the PlayStation one. I actually bought it cause it was on PlayStation network. So like it was like the day after I think the PlayStation network was scheduled to shut down. If Sony had actually shut it down that I was like, Oh, I need to buy something off PlayStation network for PlayStation three. <laughs> so I, I, connected in and went ahead and bought it. It seems like a weird game. I have, I've only put like maybe two minutes into it. So I have no real experience with this game at this point. Um, but it is a very fun game and it feels very kind of hectic. I, I found that like, and I don't know what was going on, but like you'd be doing D-pad inputs in very like Street Fighter kind of way. But sometimes the character would just like do abilities with those D-pad inputs. So I'm not sure if combining attacks was was required to like throw fireballs, and things like that, or if you just need to move the D-pad in a particular way. But it felt like a very kind of all over the place game and hectic game. It's got a very diverse uh, cast in terms of design. That's kind of fun. Um, and, and so it seems like a nice little thing, although maybe, maybe it doesn't have the, um, I don't know. I th- I feel like to some degree, um, it, because it doesn't seem to have a lot of plot or anything like that. Um, it, it probably doesn't have quite the appeal of, uh, say the, the OVA or the PCFX game where you're really getting a lot of that dialogue happening um so a lot of a lot of what happened in 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 makaruna 2 as far as i can tell is is kind of visual humor and then being makaruna 2 you might expect there is a original game we're going backwards here because makendo z was the last thing that came out of that series as far as i can tell um the original game makaruna makendo on the super nintendo actually did come out in the u.s under kendo rage um it seems like game grumps did a thing on this because when i looked it up i all i could find was game grumps stuff about kendo rage i was like okay um, but yeah, in Kendo rage, it's, it's weird because all these games are different genres. Kendo's rage is like a 2d side scrolling, um, action platformer. And the whole goal of the game, which is kind of a fun little thing is that you are the main girl trying to get to school in time. And she has like six hours to, to run from her house in the mountains all the way down to the school and get there for like eight in the morning or something like that. So you you like leave the house and there's a clock in the corner of the screen. And the entire game is you just trying to get to school before time runs out, basically. Um, and like that time is, is present gets across all the levels. So like, you know, depending on how long you spend on a level, that will obviously you know, reduce the or increase well, the time just passes by. Like, 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 like There's no individual level times, I guess is what I'm trying to say. It's, it's time limit for the entire game. And kind of, I assume it affects your ending when you finish it. Um, I actually downloaded it on emulators because like I'm not going to play this whole thing probably. So I just want to kind of look at this, this, see what it is, see if I can get through it pretty quickly without too much effort. Uh, It is a challenging game. I only got maybe about halfway through. It has that thing that I don't really like about a lot of action games in that era. And maybe it's just me like learning to play these kind of games. But it has that power meter that when you attack frequently, you do like light attacks. But then when you let it like charge up, you do a heavy attack kind of thing. So it's just like sometimes you just kind of walk around while your power ch- charges up. And then when you press the button, that kind of unleashes the power. Secret of Mana does this um, as well as uh, Evergrace does this, I believe, on the PlayStation 2. I don't know. I just I don't feel I feel like most of the time with those games, the heavy attacks do not feel satisfying enough to me. And so it feels kind of weird. I don't know. They just don't really feel like satisfying games to play. Uh, But I do appreciate what Kendo Rage is doing. I like the general concept. I like the characters and the world design. Um, I also like that one of the bosses is like a tennis player and you have to sit there and use your sword to smack the energy balls back and forth in a very like Ganondorf kind of way in a Zelda series. It's a very fun, fun thing. It's just got a lot of charm and humor to it. Um, I haven't seen if the drama CDs are available online, but I saw that uh, Beep recently posted that they had one in stock um I actually retweeted it by recently probably like 3 weeks ago at this point i assume it's gone um like anything like that i feel like is just going to get bought up <laughs> but, but yeah so fun little thing i don't think i'll ever play through kendo or h i may play through makeda makeda makendo 2 um and then makendo z i would like to play through on my own i think that's probably the most likely that i'll finish but the OVA was very good, and I enjoyed that um, um, quite a bit. So, yeah, and that's pretty much it in terms of stuff I've been playing. So nothing really, really too fancy outside of that. Um, I one kind of a weird note that I, I kind of spent. Um, I kind of dug into. I've been kind of all over the place in terms of like video game videos that I've been consuming. So people who make videos about games. I, I've been. I don't know. I feel like the last two years of my life, I've spent a lot of time. Jumping from different series to series and checking out different people uh, doing the things. One thing I returned back to recently was um, if you remember, G4 relaunched recently as a YouTube channel by recently I think like a year ago at this point, but they recent or within within a time period that was a that was after a gap of no G4. I don't know what words are coming out of my mouth right now. <laughs> um, uh, uh, G4 I, I was online. I never really looked at it, but I I, I did watch a little bit of Sessler stuff because I always liked Adam Sessler. Um, even though if I don't agree with him per se, or maybe don't agree with his, his way he delivers certain information at times, uh, I can at least appreciate what he does. And, and him being, you know, kind of an old hat in the industry, I always kind of appreciate that because there's so few people who stick around, um, without going to the PR side, which, I mean, he did at some point as well. I think he went over to Bethesda for a while, or at least did their, their E3 showcases and things like that. Um, But I I recently watched their more recent reboot of X-Play. And it's kind of interesting to see just how similar that um, show is to old X-Play. But with old X-Play, obviously, it's like a 30-minute show that was on TV with a very hard time limit. Um, So being on YouTube, they have a lot more flexibility to do more. So it's kind of interesting to see them kind of stretch out um, those videos. I, I think to some degree, they're still trying to figure it out sometimes the videos just feel a little long in the tooth in a way in terms of like, you know, them, them trying to do their skits while also trying to convey information about, uh, games. But they're also having this problem, I think where they had a long gap. So they feel maybe a need to kind of go back and fill in some holes. Um, the breath of the wild video they did, that was kind of like what I want breath of the wild two to learn about learn from the original breath of the wild. Um, a video Adam did. Um, it, is, like, 99% about Breath of the Wild 1 in terms of, like, talking about Breath of the Wild 1. Like, Like, not even within the context of Breath of the Wild 2, they're just talking about Breath of the Wild 1 full stop kind of thing and then at the very end they're like ah here are some things that I'm concerned about Breath of the Wild 2 um which you know is is it's is probably a very smart way to position that video if you're gonna go back and talk about Breath of the Wild 1 do so within the context of Breath of the Wild 2 right that's gonna get way more clicks that makes way more sense honestly I wouldn't I wouldn't have the guts though to do that <laughs> um but uh it it, it it definitely feels like there's some videos that are just like like the Breath of the Wild one is like five minutes of them just kind of talking and not really coming to a point about it. And then the next five minutes is like the actual meat of the video. Um, Adam has very similar feelings to me about Breath of the Wild, I think in in terms of like it being just this very like empty world with not a lot to do in it and and feeling like there needs to be a bit more structure to it but you know I say that as somebody who doesn't like open world games right so I'm obviously not going to sit there and and really have a ton of praise to say for a game like Breath of the Wild at least in that regard right Um, Xenoblade Chronicles X is probably the closest I've come to playing to enjoying an open world and that's kind of a begrudging like of Xenoblade Chronicles X of just like I like this game but I'd rather if you just I'd rather if you went back to like Old school JRPG style with good dungeons. Malaslov used to make good dungeons. I don't know if they still can make good dungeons, but they used to. Now they don't. <laughs> like they just make overworlds, which is which is fine. But I uh, like like sometimes you just need a good dungeon. I feel like in your JRPG, um, and I don't feel like Xenoblade Chronicles Two has that. <laughs> uh, maybe does Xenoblade Chronicles One have good dungeons? I don't feel like Xenoblade Chronicles One has good dungeons either. So I don't know. Xenoblade Chronicles X definitely doesn't have good dungeons. Um, those dungeons are not great, in my opinion. There's like one, at the end of Xenoblade Chronicles X, there's like one infiltration you do into like the enemy base that, like, really on surface value could be very cool. But you can really tell they're just trying to shove this overworld style into this dungeon design in a way that just does not really fit well. Talk about Xenoblade Chronicles X all of a sudden. <laughs> but, anyways, X-Play. It's interesting to see how similar it is to old X-Play. it's really all I'm trying to say, I guess. Anyways, um, in terms of news, there's not really anything I want to talk about. I was surprised. I went over the last two weeks um, and just really didn't see anything. Um, but one thing I did want to talk about is uh, with Buddy Mission Bond. I promised you earlier I'd talk about Buddy Mission Bond a little bit earlier. Or that we'd be talking about Buddy Mission Bond uh, later. Um, So apparently, and I don't know if this is in relation to the drama CDs that they put out, uh, but there's going to be some kind of live... I don't know if show or something like that, um, in relation to buddy mission bond, but they're doing something called the meteorite show and it's going to be launching on like uh, September 18th. Uh, and they're going to be, have like a website going up for it. So I'm guessing it's like some kind of, you know, special online broadcast thing from our, as far as I can tell, maybe, maybe it won't be, but, but that is my understanding from the Japanese translation of the post. i I love buddy mission bond. I just wish I had time for it. That's what I really want. But anyways, that seems cool. I'm glad buddy mission bond seems to continue to have at least some level of support obviously the game itself isn't really getting any new content but those characters and and the the stuff happening around with the drama cds and things like that you know for this type of game probably makes a lot of sense and is probably pretty normal but um you know i just love the aesthetic of that game so much i love the characters love the dialogue i love the the presentation i love buddy mission bond i wish i spent more time on it (laughs) i need to spend more time on it it's sitting right over there ready for me at any moment um, but it's just, it's one of those things that it's like, it's hard to really justify for the website. So usually what it kind of occupies is like anime time now kind of thing. We're like, I feel like re- like reading a manga or watching anime. I'm going to do Buddy Mission Bond, but each chapter is like three hours long and it's like a 40 to 50 hour video game. <laughs> so it's, 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 it's a commitment. That's for sure. And I hope to play, um, some more here in the near future anyways that's it for this week thanks for coming onecontroller.com is the website as i mentioned earlier the pcfx stuff is going up on august 14th at 1 p.m so please check that out Um, i may also at that same day be doing a um active live stream i'm not 100% sure if that's going to be the day yet but that is kind of my intention i think Part of me is worried about putting up a stream or doing a stream the same day as I'm putting up a video, but especially since they're not really related in terms of content. um, But I want to get that active life stuff out of the way uh, as soon as possible because you guys paid for it. So I feel the need to, to, uh, you know, deliver on, on that bonus stream thing that you guys paid for essentially. Um, so I check the, check the YouTube, just keep an eye on the schedule. Um, I'll try to go ahead and post that post up. I'll definitely put it on Twitter and discord and things like that. Um, if I, if I plan to, uh, uh, execute on that on, on Saturday, it'll probably be in the afternoon after, after the, uh, PCFX stuff has been up for a couple hours, probably. Uh, and and that stuff, otherwise, uh, for streaming this week, we're doing, or for the, the normal stream, I should say this week on Thursday at 7 PM Pacific time, um, we are doing a summer sports festival stream. Um, it's kind of mostly ball sports related, but may, may dive into other things. So it's just a bunch of random games I have that are sports games. Some of them I've been meaning to check out. Some of them I have played a little bit in the past and would like to play more of, I guess, for some reason. Um, so if you want to check out that, that will be a Thursday at 7 p.m. I have not figured out the next main game we're doing. I know Sonic and the Black Knight is something that we are doing in the near future, but I want to take a little break from the Wii for a little bit, um, and then we'll come back to Sonic the Black Knight after whatever we play next, I think. Hopefully something shorter and uh, not super long or anything like that. So yes anyways one short account is the website and i hope you have a great week bye